Hard times, it's just like the seasons They come and go, come and go What's going on, everybody? This is J.M. Banks, Urban Alchemy Podcast. Hope you all are doing great out there. Got another special guest in the building today. Today we are joined with a fraternity brother of mine, a realtor, a singer, a, a voiceover artist, just an all-around gamut of a real, true renaissance man. We got Ace of Barnes in the building today. Hey, hey. That's How you doing? That's right. He was one of my people. Like when I first started, had the idea of, yo, let me get some music in the podcast just to have something playing during the intro, during the outro. Somebody was like, hey, Asa, do music. And I was like, okay, let me look it up. And it was professional grade music. When I tell you it was like actual albums and stuff, I was impressed. And I was like, there's no way this man is going to let me use his music. In his, in his rinky dink startup podcast <laughs> I hit him up and of course as always it was all love it was all support and I was like man as soon as I do start doing my individual interviews he is definitely on the short list to come up here man uh, you are actually one of my major reasons I gotta, I gotta be for God when, when I cross over it's not fair that he made you uh, tall, handsome uh, successful, smart talented uh, I don't know if you remember the first time we met First time we met was at our Miss Black and Gold pageant right after our cross. And they brought you in to like sing and stuff during the pageant. And, you know, and then we, we linked up to do the hymns. I hadn't heard you sing yet. And then we linked up to do the hymn. And it was just like, yo, this guy has the voice of an angel. And it's not fair that this man can have all these amazing qualities. And every time I see you, man, it's, it's, you're posting about the singing. You're posting about the real estate. And I'm just blown away each and every time. And I just respect your hustle, respect your grind. Thank you for taking the time to come out, you know, and see us and everything on such short notice. And drop by and share your story with us. Because, you know, we do definitely want to show support out here in this community to our brothers and sisters out here doing amazing things. And you, brother, are definitely doing your thing out here. So thank you for dropping through. Thank you. I am humbled. I'm humbled and I'm honored to be here. Uh, first of all, I mean, because, you know, you're my brother, Absolutely. first of all, and, and that transcends anything and, and, the, and what I've learned and the principles and values that I've learned as a fraternity brother and our, and our illustrious Alpha Phi Alpha Fraternity Incorporated is that, that no brother is left behind and, and you're not heavy. So anything that you ask of me and if I'm capable of doing it, even if I'm not capable of doing it, I'm going to figure it out. Absolutely, and that's so. the way it definitely should be. Exactly. Uh, one of the one of the hardline uh, concrete lessons I learned uh, via the book of James Cook is frat don't mean friendly, and frat don't mean free. So I was definitely expecting you to be like, hey, man, I'm going to need like a 250 a spin for that one. But, you know, you definitely was like, hey, go ahead, bro. Anything I could do to help. And I, I definitely respect that. And I definitely try to do that myself, you know, when I can. You know, a brother just reached out to me about a podcast. He was starting. I was like, yo, let me know. I'll come through, show you how to do it. You know, and that's the spirit we need to have in this community, pushing people forward, motivating, uh, supporting where we can, how we can. And that's definitely why I wanted to have you on because you are an amazing individual with a incredible entrepreneurial spirit about you. And I just I feel like you have a story that the folks would love to hear. Uh, so let's start from the beginning. Uh, you are a Kansas City native. Yes. Yes, uh, I am. What high school? Tell the folks what high school you came out of. I graduated from Ruskin High School, that's class right. of 98. Don't hate them too much. <laughs> it's cool. We'll forgive you for that one. Nah, Ruskin is a great, well, it was a great place. <laughs> when I first moved here to Kansas City, I, I lived out south for one year. And yeah, Ruskin, Hickman, those were all quality schools back in the day, like football teams on point, uh, pep rallies and stuff. And, you know, I, I really look at, you know, the quality now and I'm like, yo, what happened? You know, do you ever go back to the old mater and, and 
check it out? Yes, yes. I've been back a couple of times. Uh, also, right, just riding through the neighborhood, as well as going to back to uh, a back-to-school event um, and giving back to those kids and inviting them back to school on the first day. Of course, that was before COVID. It was a couple of years ago. But uh, just so much has changed in our communities, and I think that has something to say about um, owning property, our community as far as the dollars that go into the communities, and that has changed drastically over the years. So since that has changed, as, as far as the money that goes into that community, of course, the schools are going to change. The demographics will change, too. So that has something to do with it. Yeah, that's definitely a factor as well. And I really hate to see that that's that type of uh, degradation over the years. The thing with Paseo, because we were at, I was just talking to the gentleman we had last night about Paseo was a performing arts school back in it. Like when I went there, we, you know, not everybody was super intense about performing arts, but there were people who are serious uh, tour de forces in their fields. You know, we had a uh, best friend of mine, Charles O'Neill, one of the best trumpet players in the state, you know, for his age demographic. Dancers, you know, poets, actors. And it was just crazy to see that as so much talent in one place. And now it breaks my heart because it's not that seriously, uh, it's not looked upon as, as, as a serious arts background. Uh, so to speak, we, we definitely need to keep the arts alive here in Kansas City. I feel like that's one of our one of the main uniting factors here in Kansas City is just everybody has some sort of artistic expression and it connects you just with a group of people you had no idea about. You know, I've been able to reach out to so many singers, dancers, uh, poets, you know, in the last week alone to get on the show. And I'm, I'm so blessed to be able to reach out to so many talented individuals such as yourself and have y'all come bless our studio with y'all knowledge and journey. So uh, one of the things I was talking to you about was, did you want to be in the artistic field for our uh, Arts and Music Monday, or did you want to go in our uh, Business Wednesday field? And, you know, it could go either way with you, because you are a jack-of-all-trades. You do them both so well. Uh, I mean, technically, we could do just a split episode between each, I guess. But, yeah, I mean, you are super talented. How long have you been singing for? I've been singing all my life. I mean, my, my earliest memories of singing has been around four or five years old and in the church choir and, and, and holding that microphone for the first time and being nervous and like, okay, here's the big moment. And that's just, I've, I've evolved from that and, and that has, has forced me and, and also given me the opportunity to build my confidence to be the person that I am, the personality. And from, of course, from there to hone the skills of, of music and singing and, and playing instruments to, to do that. So yeah, very right. appreciative. Uh, it's crazy you mentioned that. Do you remember your first song you sung in church? I do. Uh, I think it's something along the lines of, he is the king of kings. And uh, I, I had one part, and then I passed it to the person next to me, and then I pat, they passed it back. But when it came back to me, <laughs> I let it loose. <laughs> hey, you let it go. Uh, that's so crazy because I had the same experience. I remember, and it's uh, I get joy when, he th when I think about what he's done for me. And yeah. I just remember just being this little kid with this huge microphone in my hand, shaking, and him making me sing. And yeah, it definitely gives you that feeling as a kid. That was probably my first feeling as a kid is like, wow, I'm powerful. I can do anything. Like this feeling is kind of intoxicating being behind a microphone. I do definitely encourage you to follow that that dream because you are super talented. You know, the, your, your songs, just anybody who can possibly book you. I remember we booked you like for a year straight for all of our events, just like <laughs> Ace of Barnes across the board. Because we were just like, we don't need any other musician. We don't need to go outside the brotherhood on this one. We got that go-to guy for these performances. And, you know, we definitely thank you. You know, that was not lost on the chapter, that, that you was making time and, and doing it for the low. 
uh, to come in and do those do those gigs for us. So we definitely appreciate that. And you just being an all around good guy, you know, that's one of the main things. I was like, Ace is just a good guy, you know. Even if you were successful, and I had to deal with you just for an interview. Thankfully, I respect you so much. And so, what, where is your music career headed in the future? Uh, everything is kind of up in the air at this time. I mean, I, th I think I was laser focused at one time and, and said I was going to go in this direction and. And a couple of years ago, actually, going on three years ago, I created my first EP, a professionally produced uh, project that's on iTunes and Spotify. You can find it there. It's called sure It's Complicated. Right. <laughs> Shameless plug. Was that the one in uh, Hard Times song? Uh, no, that was uh, recent. That was more recent. That was okay. about a year ago. Mm -hmm. Fucking love Hard Times. All right, thank you. Thank you. So, yeah, I just released some music. So, uh, in the past three years, I've really been, been focused. Uh, however, COVID has uh, taken over. And I've had to rethink some things. Uh, being at my age of where I am, not too old, but just where I am, I have to be very calculated in the moves that I make because it's not just about me, it's about my family. So I've gone in some, into some other endeavors. Um, I definitely want to work for myself. So uh, being an entrepreneur, working in real estate and other ventures has caused me to expand. So even though music is still very much in the forefront, I've ventured off into some other things just for my own uh, security to make sure that I can right. make a living. And you definitely do need to have several streams of income to be, you know, what I imagine you want to be is, is a successful, wealthy, you know, constantly lucrative individual. Uh, and you definitely need those. And it's crazy you have that. I mean, how do you possibly juggle all of these different fields? And there, I mean, are they, do you, are you able to connect them in any way? Do you uh, have skills from the real estate game that equates to the music game or the voiceover acting game or I mean, are you able to interchange those things or is it certain things that's like, yo, this is nothing like these other things? You know, uh, that's a great question. I think that uh, over time I have found the similarities. Mm -hmm. um, at first I'm like, okay, these two industries or three industries or whatever I'm doing, how can they connect? And when I'm, I'm selling something on one end and I'm singing on the other, right. it's like, how do you do that? But I've just found that they do intertwine and I believe that the uh, the confidence and the swagger that comes with being an artist or a musician translate into the sales world where you have to be confident about what you're saying and the information that you're providing right. to a buyer or a seller about a particular product. So the same energy that I bring on the stage is the same energy that I bring when I'm selling a house or if I'm talking to a buyer and saying, hey, this is why this works for you or why it doesn't work for you. You have to have that confidence. And I believe that it goes both ways. Right. So what initially made you want to get into the real estate field? And what is it about the real estate field? that Do you feel like you're making a contribution within the community by doing this? Yes. Very good question. I do feel that I'm making a contribution. Um, how I got into real estate was very unconventional. Um, I don't feel that I'm a salesman. And really, I don't like to sell anything. So I was like, well, how do I figure out a way to work for myself because that was my ultimate goal was to be free of the chains of the man <laughs> right. and to do things on my own terms. However, it takes a lot of work to do that. True. So what am I going to do whereas I can support myself and my family as well as enjoy it? So I had to look around, well, what is around me all the time that I can never get rid of? That's real estate. Yeah. People will always need somewhere to live. People, whether it's renting, buying, investing. And so I felt that that was the tool for me to get to financial freedom while enjoying myself because I have to enjoy it. And so um, that's that's how I got started. However, um, as far as helping my community, once I got going, I figured out that it's not about money necessarily. It's about who can I help. The money will follow. 
So I definitely focus on educating uh, my buyers and sellers. Um, I'm a teacher. I teach part-time. I'm a music teacher. So I, I educate and I take my time with people. So I believe that that is uh, my, my focus as far as contributing to the community. Right. And I'm definitely glad you brought that up. Do you see that the numbers of uh, members of the African-American community has gone up or decreased over the past few years, especially with COVID? As far as what? Uh, members of the African-American community uh, purchasing houses. OK. Uh, yes. I, I feel that that during this time, during COVID, I feel that the African-American population has actually increased. Um, I don't know why, per se. I do know that with interest rates and the way the economy is going, even though we're in the middle of COVID, there are incentives and programs, um, interest rates that allow people of all backgrounds and all ethnicities to purchase homes and to sell their home. And so I think that this is a great time for the African-American community to get involved in that. And so I have seen an uptick in our people in the African-American community purchasing and selling homes. And is this in any one particular area or is this spread out throughout the major metropolitan Kansas City area? I think it's spread out uh, amongst the, the, the area. I don't think that one particular area is booming over the others. I think that, that there are several people, even though we've fallen up on hard times with COVID, there are people who have been saving money, investing, uh, strategizing, strategizing for a moment like this to capitalize. I think it's a perfect time. I'm definitely seeing people take advantage of that, and I'm working with those individuals even right now as we speak. Well, you know, hard times are just like the seasons. They come and go. They come and go. <laughs> <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah, it is, and it's so crazy that you, uh, you know, uh, hopefully the community is capitalizing on these these times. You know, I work in a financial market, and I know the savvy people, you know, as soon as that market, you know, the, the prices of those stocks start going down, they start snatching them up because they knew it was going to rebound in a couple months. You know, everybody making these panic sales. So it's just like so crazy to see that our our community is capitalizing on the, on the situation. So that's definitely big props to us. We definitely need to get more individuals into these houses and just change. Do you think there's a culture of being comfortable not having a home or not bringing up children in a home to uh, help instill values of ownership in them? I don't think it's necessarily a culture. Well, I, I guess you could call that. Well, that's yeah. Right, right. I, th I think it's a mindset um, and whatever you are exposed to. That is what you believe is your reality. Yeah. So if you were brought up in a mindset of, you know, I can't own this. I'm going to move from place to place and I'll depend on someone else to fix my water heater or someone else to cut my grass. Uh, even though there's nothing wrong with that. I just feel like if you haven't been exposed to it, you don't. When you know better, you do better. True. And Very if you true. don't know, then you just don't know. So I think it's about exposure. If we expose our community to home ownership, if we expose our community to entrepreneurship, owning your own business, um, not depending on someone else to sustain that, then I feel that we will be in a better place. So it's all, all about exposure. Man, so is there any locations in Kansas City you feel like in the uh, successful African-American community is starting to circulate towards? Not one particular area. I don't think the African-American community is, is circulating towards a particular area. What I do hope and in my sense is that we take back what we already have. Mm. Um, if it's the inner city, and a lot of a lot of the times it is the inner city, we need to take that back. Because at one time, our communities, we wanted to move out of the city, yeah. the urban areas. We moved to the suburbs, Overland Park. Um, we wanted to move to Grandview, Raytown. And now that uh, the inner city is starting to uh, depreciate as far as the houses, the, the condition of homes, now we want to move back. But guess what? The investors are coming in, and the investors don't look like us. Right. 
and they're buying those homes there and reinvesting, they're flipping them, renovating and selling them back to us, double the price, triple the price. So if we can learn how to hold on to what we have as well as invest into it, turn it around and flip it for a profit, I believe that that would be beneficial for our community. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely hope we do take up that trend in the future because, you know, just I, I can just speak to the uh, like I said, one year I, I lived out south and that was the one year of my life. I got to grow up in a house uh, with my older brother living in a house with him and his wife. And that just had such a profound effect on my life. Uh, just being able to see like this is what, you know, people do on TV. You know, this is possible. Uh, but yeah, I do think that it affects the mentality of a kid coming up. Just like you said, if you know better, you do better. And if you grow up with that being the base standard of living, you're going to expect that out of yourself. You're going to say, you know, I'm definitely going to get a house in this, you know, by this age or so or so. <clears throat> but yeah, the, the black community, I really do feel like the, uh, just consciousness of the black community in terms of individuals who's like yo we need to own this house not rent this house right you know we need to uh make sure that we are leaving our children with something that they may be able to profit off of in the future you know because like you said land everybody needs land you know that's the one thing they ain't making no more but uh and you will never like you say you will never have an issue selling that or having a career where you're going to have to worry about business cause right constantly buying constantly selling but uh, yeah, it, it's so crazy that that's just something that we see more and more black realtors uh, as the years go by, because I assume, you know, that co cognizance in the community is going up, uh, that there are more people who want to buy houses, that there are more individuals who are looking for honest people who look like us, who won't potentially rip us off. Right. Uh, do you feel like that's a, uh, I mean, do you get a lot of different uh, varied clientele? Yes, my, my clientele varies all the time. I, I get people who, who, who know what they're doing, people who think they know what they're doing, and people who don't know what they're doing. So I get the whole gamut. Uh, my, my job, I, I believe, as a, as a realtor is to meet people where they are and to bring them up higher because I always have something of value that I can provide. So, um, yeah, they, they, they come from all backgrounds. Um, I, I do definitely like to help people that are in my community but even when they're not um, i treat them the same I, I give them the same uh expertise and the same cert level of service that i would give anyone else yeah true that uh yeah because i just imagine that from your personality altogether. but yeah i definitely would uh, definitely would want to go to you uh if i were in the market as opposed to some stranger because you are definitely somebody i feel like is trustworthy uh knows what he's talking about knowledgeable of the market and you know so if you guys are looking for a house out there this is the man uh i mean where can the folks get a hold of you at yes uh you can definitely you can get a hold of me on facebook uh type in property prince home solutions you can find me there property prince home solutions on instagram you can find me asa asa underscore the underscore property underscore prince asa the property prince and underscore in between each one so those are the two places that you can find me uh, the quickest on on facebook and on instagram um, and if you want to go to my my website you can type in www.propertyprince.com i'm sorry propertyprince.kw.com so you can find me there got you so how did the whole property prince moniker come about um you know i was just sitting around i'm like okay well how do i <laughs> how do i uh make myself stand out amongst 
the 1,200 other realtors that are in the state of Missouri and Kansas all together. I mean, we're all trying to do the same thing. So I had to figure out something that's going to help me get separated. So I said, well, hey, you know, I, I kind of look young. <laughs> I'm getting older. But I, I, I was like, okay, well, I'm the prince. So I'm thinking about the pr- Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. So, okay, I'm the property prince. So I made a commercial, and I, and I dressed up like the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. And uh, I got a I got a camera guy and did my own voiceover. I do that too. I was about to say, <laughs> utilize your resources, man. <laughs> and I made a commercial, and so it just kind of stuck. And so I'm Ace of the Property Prince until I don't look like the Prince anymore. Then I'll change my name. Hey, Property King. There we go. Hey, that's dope. Uh, yeah, that's a lot in the name, man. And that definitely fits you, bro. Uh, I could definitely see why that would. Uh, if I came across a picture of you without knowing you, I'd be like. That's the prince. <laughs> he got it right there. But uh, so, in the uh, for your future in the real estate market, where do you hope to take take your business? Where I, where I hope to take my business in the real estate market in the future, I, I would like to take it two ways. Mm-hmm. First of all, I want to be one of the most respected, sought after real estate agents in the Kansas City metropolitan area. First of all, I desire to sell luxury properties. I, exi- I desire to sell high-end properties that people want. However, I also want to be the most sought-after, respected real estate agent when it comes to helping people who don't know about buying or selling their home. Mm. I want to help those who have a horrible credit score of 550 to get their credit score where it needs to be so that they can buy their first home and they do it right without it breaking their, their bank without it being a stress, without it being worry, I want to help that person too. So I see it going in two ways, helping those to be greater and to realize their their home ownership dreams on the high end as well as on the low end too. Man, so do you think there's a disconnect between those two things of helping people and being the best in the field? There, It's very difficult because to be the best, sometimes you have to cut corners. Mm. Sometimes you have to leave people behind. Some people, Sometimes you have to even do some things that you're not so proud of. Right. However, I choose not to do that. And if it takes a little bit longer, then so be it. But I will, I will operate in integrity. I will do what's right and, and be fair at the end of the day. Yeah, I, I'm glad you will because there's a lot of people who get seduced by that. You know, they start off with the best intentions, and then as the money starts to come in, those morals and scruples start to fade away and slide by the wayside. So, you know, hopefully everybody, as we are all on that journey, can consistently work on our authenticity and just remember why we are doing this and not give in to those, you know, materialistic things or shortcuts because, you know, you could be at the top, but you're going to be up there alone. You know, there's going to be a lot of people looking up at you. You can help pull up. But if you don't do it, you're just up there by yourself. And, and pretty soon it, the community is going to turn against you anyway. So I definitely love that you are out here doing that and making that t- type of responsible effort in this community. Because that's really important that we put people in homes and that people feel uh that people are enthusiastic about their homes and their neighborhoods and, and take a sense of uh, matter of pride in their neighborhoods because that's what's really lacking around here. You know, can't really expect people to care about a community they don't they don't own. They don't have any kind of stake in. You know, if you if, if, if there's if there's somebody selling dope down the street and I own my home, I'm clearing them out. It's definitely right. going to be the cops driving by every five minutes because this is mine. Like I work for this. Like I worked hard for this. This is an investment. And, you know, unfortunately, I think that's where our community is lacking because we don't we don't own these streets. Uh, We just pretty much rent 
we just reside here and pack up and move and go somewhere else. Uh, how do you think we are going to be able to bridge that in the future? Uh, the way that we are going to be able to bridge that gap of renting versus owning is going to be education and exposure. Mm. Education and exposure. You have to educate and teach the community about the benefits of owning owning your own and having your own. And then you're going to have to actually expose them to it. That's the problem. How do we expose? How do I expose uh, Raheem to what it's like to own a home when he and his parents, whether it be single parent or, or married, have only rented? How do I expose him to the benefits of home ownership when he's been in an apartment and he hears a couple fighting next door? And he just thinks that that's the way that it's supposed to be mm. and, and letting him know that, hey, if you own this, if you own now, you can pass that on to your kids and to your family. How do I expose uh, Tanisha? And I'm saying black names for a reason. I'm mm -hmm. not saying Donna and Karen. I'm, I'm all about let's us. cut past. The <laughs> yeah, let's get past. Yeah. This. How do I tell Tanisha? Hey, Tanisha, if you can find ten thousand dollars as a down payment on an investment property, the bank will give you the other 90 and now you can get a full loan, even renovation costs to fix up that, that rundown property and then have rent coming into you every month. And then over the years, now you've built equity in that home and now you want to sell it and you sell it for more than you bought it and you give that to your kids. Now your kids can either keep renting that, keep that tenant in there to rent or they can sell it. That's the type of education and exposure that is needed in our community. Yeah, but we got to change that mentality because if you don't have that, I'm going to be my own boss mentality, you're going to consistently just try to find a situation where you're waiting for somebody to do something for you. You know, like you said, having a landlord who's going to fix, you know, whatever goes out. Uh in the long run, it's important to have that control and that autonomy uh, to own your own, to be your own. You know, uh, we still waited for our 40 acres and a mule uh, while there's certain certain families who have been owning land for hundreds and hundreds of years in this country, passing it down, passing down accumulated wealth through the generations of their family. Nepotism. Yeah. And we just out here starting from ground ground zero, pretty much uh, square one. And we have to break that mentality of uh, doing it quick. Like you said about that $10,000, I'm sure uh, Letitia can raise that $10,000 in two years of hard grinding and just not BSing and being driven and dedicated to that goal. But will she do it? Will she get uh, sidetracked on the wayside? Will she get uh, just will she spend that on something that's not going to uh, benefit her life in the long run? I mean, that's the mentality. Uh, a lot of these people, men and women, is going to take that $10,000 and buy, buy a car that's going to depreciate each month. They're going to go and buy some clothes that aren't even going to be fashionable in six months. You know, that is the, the crux of the problem from my standpoint, that mentality that, that we're not going to take the time to purchase those long-term uh, purchases that are going to affect our families in, a, in the long run. Like you said, your family, man, you married kids. You know, what is the main thing you're trying to instill into your kids going into the future so they know, like, I'm ahead of the, uh, ahead of the curve on this one? What I try to instill into my kids moving forward into the future is that it doesn't matter what you do. It has no, that has no bearing. All that matters is that you can do it by yourself. 
Yeah. And I, I just actually had Brian Shannon on here. Uh, shout out Brian, my dean. Uh, but he was talking about how his daughter Chloe had just started taking the stuffing out of her out of her stuffed animals and putting it in paper, and she was calling them like stuffies or something. And people start buying them. You know, she had a little stand st- uh, and people start buying them. And, and she was just like, you know, this is a, a learning experience so I could teach my daughter about business and entrepreneurship. And, you know, that's something that doesn't get instilled. You know, I can speak from the inner city kids perspective because I'm one of them. There wasn't no kids out on the on the corner with a stand selling anything. You know, if anything, you maybe had a kid selling candy as a side hustle. But, you know, it's no real hey, go out there and do this kind of mentality. And more importantly, if, if there are kids out there and doing it, we got to definitely support. You know, we, we can't just be crushing these kids dreams, even if they selling paper wrap, you know, stuff wrapped in paper. You know, uh, I mean, do you see entrepreneurial spirits within younger kids in the, of this generation? Um, I, I don't. <laughs> I had to go with my first answer. Hey, I, we need the honest answer so we can get to the to the correct solutions. So. I, I don't. As as a majority, I don't. You think they ain't hungry? I, I don't. Or you think they just know their parents is gonna provide? Like, I knew if I want that PlayStation, I was gonna have to grind it out and cut lawns or you know do whatever I had to do odd jobs. Yes and yes. I mean, and and it's and it's an opinion. Like it's my own opinion, and what I say may not necessarily be true. I just know that today's kid that is struggling is better than yesterday's kid that is struggling. Even today, we have internet. There is someone that is listening to us via internet that may be homeless, but they have access to internet because the world, at least the United States, is making it accessible. Right. Um, there are so many benefits that we have in this country. You can say what we want about. I'm not. I'm not a politician. I'm not here to talk about politics. But you can say what you want about government, politics, spending. It's still better today than it was ten years ago, mm. for whatever reason. Whether you voted, whether you didn't. And so I say that because I don't think kids are hungry because they still have it better than even we had it. That's true. They don't. And so I'd like that. I'd like to see that. And there are some. I'm not saying that that's all of them. But I'm saying that a lot of the kids that I see, they have it given to them, which they should. We should give the kids as much as we can. But also they need to have the fire to be able to want to go out and get it on their own so that they can be entrepreneurs, so that they do own something, so that they are the bosses instead of the employees. Mm -hmm. We got to teach that. Absolutely. Yeah, we definitely need to tell these kids, like, go after your dreams. You know, if you have an idea... See where it goes. I mean, if you would have told me I would have had one of the most successful podcasts in Kansas City a year and a half ago, I'd have thought you were smoking crack. But sheer grinding, dedication, uh, supportive uh, core audience, and it's just able to build and elevate. And now I'm able to sit down across the table from somebody as talented as you and speak about your journey and, and how you came up and everything. But yeah, these kids, I don't know if they have the proper drive to actually go out there on, on a limb and take a chance you know this was a this was a chance you doing real estate and singing and voiceover I mean that's not something traditionally that's taught to us in our community hey go sell houses hey do voiceover I mean you're the only voiceover black voiceover actor I know so uh, I mean somebody actually I mean I'm not sure if anybody did go up to you and be like hey you should use your voice as a tool but uh, or how you got that idea, but you know you utilizing your resources. 
Uh, I mean, how did you get into voice acting overall? Wow, I got into voice acting uh, going on almost 15 years ago. Mm. Um, and I found an agency, and there was a black couple at my church at the time, and I knew that they did some modeling and some acting. I'm like, well, I want to do it. So they just gave me a number, and I reached out. And then I got affiliated with an agency and started to do ask, ask for modeling and, and for photography jobs. And eventually it led into voiceover. And I'd never done it before. And I, and I asked my agent, I'm like, well, how do I do it? Well, she just said, well, just just record something in your phone and send it in. I'm like, is that it? I'm like, yeah. So I started doing it. I got a lot of no's. I got a lot of no's. I probably got 100 no's, but I got one yes. And that one yes got me in a studio and landed a job. And so ever since then, I still get a lot of no's, but I know what I'm doing when I get that yes. I know how to go in and to execute and to do what I'm supposed to do. Right. Uh, did, were you surprised when you got that first yes, that you know somebody liked your voice? Do you remember that first yes? Or the, the... I do remember that first yes. It was for, it was for I, I think it's for a, a cell phone company. And, you know, they're, they're, you hear advertisements on, on Internet and so forth. And I got that job and I went in and I read the script and I, I was very surprised because I think we 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 doubt ourselves. Here I am, a, a black guy. I was a young. I was probably in my mid my late twenties at that time, and I'm a, I'm a black guy. And it's like, okay, I have an accent. I mean, I know I have one. We all have one, depending on the region that we come from. But I'm black, and so I know what quote unquote black sounds like. Even though I'm using correct English, I still have a twang on my R's and my E's that will identify my ethnicity and so I had to fight past that and I was like well I'm, I'm too black and you know, I don't I don't say this as clear as, as another person would and when I got that yes it just gave me that confidence that there are people that want me just the way that I am mm. and so I, I think that's just so important to keep being yourself being authentic authentic of course knowing how to play and, and know the rules but just be yourself while you play and you'll find your way. Did that take you a while? Because it definitely took me a while. I mean, we had to relaunch a whole podcast because I was just like, this isn't us. You know, uh, you know, uh, this is John Michael Banks. With our, uh, it's just like, no, this is not who I am. This is not how I want to get this message across authentically. You know, so we had to just start from square one. Just And, and since we have done that, it's taken off tremendously. So uh, you're definitely right. It does show in your work just you putting yourself in there in a real authentic true manner so how do you get that i mean do you get that authentic authenticity <laughs> to shine through in all of your fields uh, not only voice actor your real estate work your, your singing i mean is that a hallmark of every facet that you try to i, I think it in? is i think it is um i know it, it, i think we as african-americans we know how to code switch we know how to go between different uh, situations and to be that person in that moment. I think what I, what I have the ability to do is to play the game long enough to get people to understand who I am. Mm -hmm. And once they understand that I'm willing to meet them where they are, then I can authentic, authentically be myself. Yeah, hard work. Right. And that, <laughs> and that takes time because I can't. I can't walk in in a room with people that don't know me. And this is black, white, Hispanic. It doesn't matter. I can't just walk in a room and be like, hey, what's up? This is Asa. Yeah, man. How you, how you doing? Yeah, man. I'm cool. I'm chilling. You know, I can't do that immediately. I might have to walk in and say, hi, my name's Asa. It's a pleasure to meet you. What do you do? Like, well, and then they find out what I do. And then it progresses. And so you have to slowly allow people. You got you to gotta give them 
what they need at that particular time and let them get used to you. Let them ease into it. Ease into it. Yeah. Everybody can't handle you on, on 100 right. just up front. How long? How old were you when you, you figured out you had to develop a white voice? <laughs> that came kind of late in life for me. Um, I think that came rather early for me. Um, maybe maybe college. Okay. And, yeah, and That's my, yeah. Exactly. And I'm 40 now, so I graduated from college when I was 23. So about that time, I figured it out when I started to perform and to be in front of people. Um, a lot of times, people that didn't look like me, and it's like, okay, they love me and they want to talk to me or they want to, they want more of what I have. Can I communicate with these people? Can I communicate effectively? Um, if I can't communicate, then they're not going to want to listen to me. Right. So I developed that. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And that's one of the main things that I, I really struggle with. And I'm glad you brought up code switching because that's crazy because I've really found that there's a huge problem with that within our own community, like code switching within, you know, different demographics of black friends you may be around. You know, I've seen that because, you know, I'm from the city. I chill with a lot of people who, who are educated from various parts of the suburbs, the surrounding areas of Kansas City. And, you know, they're very successful, very educated. And I found, you know, I found myself talking a different way when I'm around them. And it's just crazy that you don't even realize you're doing it until you're just like, hey, how you doing? I'm doing great. How are you? Yeah. It's just like, oh, I don't really sound like that, do I? But yeah, it's one of the things doing this really helps you kind of pick up on. It's just like, when am I being fake with my speech? When are my vocal patterns coming off phony, you know? It's just crazy. I mean, do you ever think about like how your your vocal patterns come out come out to people? I mean, I imagine with your work, you've probably done a lot of research on your voice and you really you've really uh, you really understand your your vocal patterns and whatnot. I don't. I hate hearing myself on this on this. It's still daunting for me to listen to an episode as I'm editing back. Just, like, oh, just stop talking. But I mean, do you have that same sentiment? Do you like the way your voice sounds when it comes out? Um, or is it awkward for you still just to hear? It's it's awkward. It is. It is still awkward. Um, I think I'm, I'm I'm so serious. People tell me I'm so you're so serious, but I always have purpose in whatever I do. <laughs> Try not to be philosophical, but it's just like okay, what what am I about to do, and what is the purpose? If it has purpose, then I'm gonna put something behind it. Mm. I'm here. There's a purpose. So do I speak the way that I'm speaking now all of the time? No. Absolutely. I'm I'm trying to be clear. The point is for you to understand what I'm saying. Right. I want you to understand. Now, when you get to know me, then it's going to be a little different because you know me. Mm -hmm. But now that you're meeting me for the first time, you need to understand me. So I'm going to help you understand. So I will pronounce my words clearly for you to understand. That's what communication is all about. So whether it's white, whether it's black, Indian, Hispanic, it doesn't matter. Can you understand what is coming out of my mouth? That's what Chris Tucker. Can you understand what's coming out? The words coming out of my mouth. Right. That's what. <laughs> gotta, that's what Chris Tucker said. So that's what it's about. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Uh, knowing how to talk to people. You know, right. I see you. I'm like, hey, how's how, yeah, how's it going? Crazy woman in the hallway. I pop out that door. Like, hey, chill the fuck out. Go. I'm that was doing real. stuff. <laughs> like, you, <laughs> unfortunately, you got to know when to when to switch it up right. on somebody. But you know, it, I think it does kind of come in handy at times. It does. Because there's been times I've had been having a very uh, cordial conversation and something popular like, man, chill, chill out. And it's like the tone shift completely. Like, he knew, okay, that was my bad. Mm -hmm. I'm going to walk away. <laughs> but, uh, I, I mean, if it's, do you think that's like a benefit 
in our favor that we have become such chameleons that we're able to switch it up and people really don't even understand. Oh, I thought I was messing with this one type of person and it turns out you were, you a whole serious matter over here, man. It's created a ceiling. Mm. It's created a high ceiling because we see in, in our community, we see people that look like us that have ascended to heights that we can never dream of, mm. which is great. Right. However, it's a ceiling. And so once we start to be ourselves, we break through that ceiling and we create our own reality and what success is, what speaking sounds like, what living looks like. And so I think it's good because it's gotten us this far. Right. But now that we're here, it's time for us to take some risks and some chances and break through that ceiling and just start being ourselves. And the world will accept or reject us. But if we as a community accept us, then we always have a place we can call home. Absolutely. Our community is the forefront for cultural significance in this country. Like, if we say it's, it's hot, it's hot. Like, I don't think there's one thing black people was like, yo, this is dope, and everybody didn't follow suit. It was like, all right, let me start watching Power. <laughs> you know, what's this about? You know, uh, let me start listening to the baby, whoever that is. You know, we have such a... Uh, strong pool in, in our cultural significance that we just got to point them towards the people in our community, you know, towards, you know, we can endorse Versace and we can endorse Gucci and we can endorse uh, Bentley and, and Ferrari. But how many of those names are black? None. I mean, we got to take our power in our community with our, our cultural significance and point it towards the people who are going to enrich our community. That's just me. I could be wrong. But it's just crazy thinking back how much influence we have and we don't use it towards people who look like us. I mean, I've had realtors. I've had three realtors hit me up and they're Caucasian, unfortunately. I mean, not unfortunately. They're cool guys. I appreciate everybody who hits me up, but I have a certain specific platform. I have a responsibility to my community. So unfortunately, I got to I got to take care of them first. So I need to get Asa Barnes on here because this is a realtor I know, I respect, and I believe in. And I believe in what he's doing, and I know what, where he's going in his life. And I want to be a part of the Asa Barnes business. So, you know, I'm so definitely pleased to have you on here. You know, I can't say that enough, man, because it's people out here who just is like, I don't want to come onto your show and promote my, you know, business, my product. And it's just like, why? You know, this is exposure. You know, right. This is what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to expose Kansas City. It's so much stuff you would never hear about without word of mouth. You know, so I'm trying to make this the international center for word of mouth here in Kansas City in our community. And unfortunately, I got to do that by talking to the people who, who is in the community first. You know, I would love to branch out eventually. But right here, right now, we got to We got to focus on these individuals who are here doing that work. And this is this is one of them individuals uh, that we have right now, Asa Barnes. So uh, do you have any new uh, anything on the agenda for the future in terms of music? Um, in the future, uh, the goal is just to get back performing again. <clears throat> I have music out. I'd like to get some new music in order to fund the new music. You have to perform to get money to fund the new music in the studio. So uh, the, the plan is eventually to get another EP or another uh, great single out and released. And so uh, until then, it's about finding those performance opportunities to, to do that. So I have a couple of things that are in the works, uh, some individual shows uh, that are coming up and just finished a great show over the weekend at the Power and Light District. 
Uh, got in front of a lot of people. My band, the Truth Band, which is the best band in Kansas City. Okay. <laughs> we uh, said the Truth. The Truth with the D. With the a, Truth. Okay. Uh, are they on Facebook? Yes, they are. The D A space Truth Band. Truth Band is one word. The Truth Band. All right. I'm about to go like right now. Yeah. Make sure you all actually just take a moment right now. We can take a moment. Everybody doing it with me. Mm-hmm. We're going to Facebook. We're looking up D A Truth Band. Boom, there they are. Yeah. So we had a great performance this uh, this past weekend at the Power and Light District, and we we're on the, the main stage, the live stage, and the promoter said that uh, we we're one of the best bands or the best band that they've had there all year. And so um, we, we, we enjoy performing uh, various types of music for, for uh, different audiences, primarily 90s, 80s and 90s R&B. That's where we specialize, but we can do mm-hmm. anything. And so, yeah, um, just performing with those guys, Trying to get some uh, some individual opportunities going with weddings and so forth, and Dope. and even voiceovers and acting. I mean, I, I did a I did a spot for uh, Hallmark. Oh, that's cool. Did a spot for Hallmark. Oh, I saw that's that. Cool. Yeah, on Facebook. Yeah, yeah. That's super yeah, dope. and so I'll be in a in a in an internet Hallmark commercial, uh, doing some things uh, in this December going into the Christmas season. So man, it's just a lot going on. It's just about it, it's about doing what you have to do to do what you want to do. Yeah, and, and that and that. That's several streams of income. It's, mm-hmm. it's several things, and so I like it. It's not a it's not a, a chore. It's not a burden. I enjoy getting up every day, and figuring out what I'm gonna do. Whereas some people wake up every day and like, oh, I gotta do this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's that's where the the shift happened for me. Man, like I, I definitely agree with that statement. That is some real truthful stuff you just laid down on the table right there, man. Because like I was just telling you, I've been recording every day since last Sunday. And I'm going to be recording until next Wednesday, every single day. So I got a nine to five job, Monday through Friday. Uh, but it doesn't feel like it work. It doesn't. It doesn't at all. It is crazy how it doesn't feel like work. I'm so tired because I got I to gotta do these episodes. I got to edit them. I got to do graphic design. I do promotion for them on, online. But it's crazy because it's just like so, such a, just a fulfilling emotion to come over you like just to see those people individuals and you know those little clusters of teams that people got you know little support centers that people have and them start to accumulate to you you start to accumulate to them and we're helping each other you know and that's the beautiful thing about it is everybody connecting everybody networking everybody helping each other out and supporting so we can grow because like like they said like this we all we got literally if we can't trust our community to invest in us to help us to help us progress who who the hell is going to do it? Nobody. Right. You know, so that's why we're here right now. Because, unfortunately, Kansas City does not have a platform to showcase the positive influences in the black community. So I'm doing everything I possibly can to get you brothers and sisters to the forefront. You know, get those views on those on those videos I'm shooting and putting on Facebook up. Because we need to share those. We need to like. We need to comment. We need to share them. Let everybody know. Asa Barnes is out here selling houses. It's going to be a brother or sister who's like, I need a house. Right. Hit this brother up. He got you. He's trustworthy. He is uh, Urban Alchemy certified. We vouch for this man. He is not a criminal. Uh, we have checked his paperwork. He is good to go, folks. Uh, I mean, music-wise, I am blown away every time I hear you sing. I'm, I'm actually, it kind of makes me jealous and bitter, so I can't listen to too much of you singing because I'm like, it's not fair. Just like you are like a Donald Glover type. Like, it's just not fair how many talents you have to be able just to be just killing it in all these different fields. 
Because that man's a writer, an actor, a comedian, a singer, a rapper. And it's just like, how is all this talent in one person? And Donald, yeah, Asa Barnes is the Donald Glover of Kansas City. Wow. Never heard that before, but I'm going to roll with that. Yeah. <laughs> Real estate prince and Donald Glover KC, man. But yeah, I don't know anybody else who has as many fingers and as many varied pies as you. Because it's like... You know, uh, the singing and voice acting kind of correlates, but then you add in the real estate and it's like, man, you are all over the map killing it. So we definitely appreciate the work you are doing. I definitely hope that you keep me posted on anything coming out musically, uh, any kind of voice acting uh, jobs you get, any new Hallmark commercials you may be uh, working up uh, in real estate, because we definitely want to make sure we are helping this man uh, in his mainstay career. You know, we love to hear him singing everything, uh, but but the real estate game is what he's out here. Uh, am I correct? Making bread and butter at. Uh, so, where, uh, tell the folks once again where they can uh, get at you if they are looking for your services. Yes, once again, you can find me on Facebook, Property Prince Home Solutions. Property Prince Home Solutions. You can also find me on Instagram, Asa A S A underscore the T H E underscore Property underscore prince asa the property prince you can find me there on instagram and um i'm just easy to find i'm not hard to find um i'm not gonna hide from you i'm gonna answer my phone when you call me i'm not gonna give you my phone number now but if you find my number i will answer the phone <laughs> if you can locate it <laughs> you good to go. yeah that's what's up uh but yeah I, I thank you all for uh well before we get to that we've been doing something with everybody came in and just randomly came in i was like we need to have this like just be a regular segment on each interview uh which i'm going to start calling roses uh where we give those roses to those individuals who are here now to receive them uh so who are the individuals in your life that have really helped push you to achieving your goals who have really made an influence on you uh that if you were to take out of the picture there would be no ace of barnes wow you don't know how powerful that is. Yeah. That almost brings tears to my eyes because there are so many people that I can attribute to me being who I am. I want to give my roses to to Robert Walker, my high school band director. Mm -hmm. To Jan Davis, my middle school band director. To Brenda Williams, my my church musician who gave me the confidence to put a microphone in my hand to Karen Shern who got mad at me and told me that I couldn't play the drums but she kept letting me play anyway <laughs> so that I could have the confidence to to play to to so many who have gone before my mother who who showed me the example of what it was to be consistent, to have an education, to be smart. But then my dad, who wasn't as educated as my mom, I saw his grind and his hustle to work for himself, and he did it and supported me. So that gave me the confidence to get into business for myself. To my wife, who was scared, and we argued and fought because I wanted to quit my job. That's real of being a teacher for 12 years, consistent to go into business for myself, not knowing how I was going to support my family because I just had to do it. Those are my roses and so many more. I can't give them all now, but that's so powerful 
And I'm just thankful for those people who helped me because if, if it weren't for them, I wouldn't be who I am today. Right. And that's why it's so important that we take time to honor those people because a lot of times you won't hear names come up that are so influential and powerful uh, and, and just built the foundation for so many great people here in the city. So I definitely want to make sure, you know, even though I might not have these people sitting in front of me, I definitely want to make sure they get they get a chance to get that shine, you know, and give them the roses here because I've, I've lost way too many people before I could tell them, hey, you, you, you meant something to me. We just lost a brother here in Kansas City. I never had, I unfortunately had the chance to meet this brother, but I just knew about him through legend. You know, uh, back in the old days, they used to tell stories like crazy, just uh, how the crazy, how crazy it used to be, just parties, brawls, everything you can imagine. It was just like such a legendary quality about it. It was like almost myths. And, you know, uh, Big Brother Life's a Bitch was one of those myths, you know, like Maestro and, and yeah, everybody. Yeah. Uh, you know, Golden Child. It was just like these names that, that stood so tall. And I never knew this man, but I knew his aura. I knew his, you know, I knew about the way brothers would talk about him. And, and that's, I, I really hope brothers gave him his roses while he was here, you yeah. know, because he, he, he seems like to have touched so many brothers. And while I never had known him or got the chance to meet him, just the effect he had on so many good brothers out here and, you know, brothers who are doing important things with their lives, you know, if he could have affected them in any minuscule way, we owe that brother so much because these, these brothers like you and, and Corey and, and Anthony Dixon and you all are doing incredible things out here. So if that man played any part of that, you know, we, we definitely need to make sure we're giving these people these roses while they're here because we don't know what tomorrow holds. I agree. Yeah. So uh, I didn't want to leave the episode on a somber note like that, but uh <laughs> Yeah, definitely want to want to make sure it's not a somber note. It's a celebration. You know that man touched a lot of lives. I'm not. I'm. I'm sad he had to go, but I'm. I'm so thankful he was here. Yeah. And that's the way we got to look at people. You know. And at the end of the day, I'm so thankful when I leave. I'm gonna have something for people to look back on. You gonna have something to look. You know, people look back on. That's why it's important we keep doing this because this is your digital footprint that's gonna live forever. Yeah in the archives of our Kansas City community, you know. So we got to keep doing this, man. We got to keep sending sending support to the people who need it, who deserve it, who are willing to accept it in our community. And like I said, just do your due diligence as members of our community to reach out to those individuals you hear on this show who are looking for your support and make sure you're doing everything you can to uplift and support and help our community grow in every positive facet that we can possibly grow in. Got a long way to go, but there is a change on the horizon. We will get there eventually. And we're going to do so with individuals like the gentleman I have sitting in front of me, Brother Asa Barnes. So thank you once again, Brother Barnes, for joining us today. And like I said, please stay in touch and keep me posted on everything going on so I can make sure I'm putting that on all of our social medias and getting you the promotion you need, brother. Thank you. Thank you for the opportunity. I really appreciate what you're doing, how you're reaching out and helping the community. And definitely being here helps me understand more of what you're trying to do so that I can be more supportive of you and what I need to do to push your message, your message and help you to get out there. Absolutely. And I definitely appreciate that. We got to do what we got to do on all ends to make sure we're doing that because this is not going to be something that's accomplished through a few people doing it. 
you know, me and you can't do it. It's going to take the majority of us in this community. Uh, I don't know if you out there, everybody's out there familiar with the talented 10th, uh, WB Du Bois, but it can't be 10% of us no more. Like, we literally need the majority to start pulling their weight, to start being dreamers, to start being bosses, to start reaching back and pulling up those people. So if you are a boss, you can employ somebody so they can get some motivation to be a boss. You know, we got to do what we can. You know, and that's all I'm out here doing is what I can. You know, if I can invite you to have a seat, you take time out of your busy schedule and then tell your story. That's what the will we need. And that's what we're doing. So thank you once again, Asa Barnes, for joining us. Please hit up this gentleman if you look for a house. Please hit up this gentleman if you look for a song. He has it all, man. Uh, if you need a voiceover for anything particular, he got it. It's just crazy how talented this guy is. And I look forward to seeing you progress and grow in the future, man. Thank you. Absolutely. So everybody out there, thank you once again for listening. And hey, if you are looking for a song you may have heard here on the Urban Alchemy podcast or before our relaunch with the Alpha American podcast, you can check out the Urban Alchemy playlist with all of our hits, all of our tracks from all of our artists, such as Asa Barnes and other Kansas City artists, such as Smitty the Kid, who was just on here, uh, Trish Jones, another good brother of mine, uh, Midwest Saloon, two brothers, Mike Will and Monte Perkins, also Alpha brothers from delta row shout out to them uh but yeah give your support to these individuals look up that playlist it's a lot of good music on there and support that good music as opposed to listening to the radio uh because we know who's paying these people to put that music on but anyways once again i am jm banks thank you once again to ace barnes for dropping by thank you all folks for tuning in and thank you kansas city for being so talented and driven and we hope to get more of you individuals in the in the seats to talk to you and move your platform forward as well so once again god bless and i will check you all later September Nothing's like it was Our love has run cold in December We can make it if we hold on to the memory Of what we got together Cause when you want forever You gotta know Hard times is just like the seasons They come and go Come and go Tell me, will you stick around through rain? Sleet of snow, sleet of snow. Cause when it rains, I need my umbrella. And when it snows, will we stick together? When times get hard, will you stick around? Tell me, are you down? Tell me, are you down, down, down? Dancing in the April rain. With your arms on my shoulders and my hands on your waist, spring is here again. The loving is easy, intensity increasing through the summer. Everybody loves it when the sun is shining, baby, but I wonder when the leaves start to change, will our love stay the same? Seasons, they come and go. They come, come and seasons, yeah. Tell me, will you stick around through rain, sleet, or snow? Yeah.